Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The story you're about to hear is guaranteed to send chills down your spine. This is r slash no sleep. I'm taking care of a local farm for a few weeks. They left me a strange set of rules. A few miles north of me, there's a little family owned farm. The family takes a vacation in July though, and they posted a job listing for a caretaker. My job would include feeding the animals, making sure the irrigation is working and harvesting some crops. It's a small operation, so it's not fields and fields of stuff. Plus they were offering $2,000. At the time that seemed like an amazing deal. Now I'm not so sure. See, the Gershans left me detailed instructions in the envelope, along with half of the stipend. And as I sat down to read it, I realized that it sounded a little strange. Dear Emily, thank you for taking care of our farm. To ensure your safety and happiness and the animals, we've included a list of instructions and tasks. One, please feed the goats and chickens at 6 a.m. sharp. They get pretty cranky if it's not on time. Two, you will need to prune off the floricanes in the raspberry patch. To do this, cut the canes, branches, that are woody and have already fruited. Wear thick gloves because there are thorns. If you do get cut, immediately head inside and call Dr. Livesey to make sure your wound is not infected. Three, the sunflower field is easy to maintain and brings beauty to our farm. However, if you ever see a sunflower that isn't facing the same direction as the others, immediately head inside. Do not return to the sunflower field until the following day. Four, The farm is, as you know, surrounded by forest. Sometimes we get coyotes, foxes, or other wild animals prowling around the grounds at night. Don't worry, the animal pens are completely secure and there is no need to check on the animals if you hear anything at night. In fact, we recommend you do not leave the farmhouse between sunset and sunrise. Five, do not enter the corn maze. Even if you hear noises coming from the maze that sound like a child crying, do not enter. The corn maze is not open to visitors yet. It's most likely the bobcats in the woods. Six, do not be alarmed if you see the goats awake in the middle of the night. They are semi-nocturnal and often wake up to roam, graze, or use the bathroom. Seven, you may help yourself to any of the fruits or vegetables you harvest. However, do not eat the apples from the northwest corner of the orchard. Eight, we no longer use scarecrows. If you see one, please return to the house, lock all the doors, and close all the curtains. Stay inside until the following morning. Nine, make sure to always stock the farm stand twice a day, in the morning and again in the afternoon. At night, take all unsold produce inside and store it in the refrigerator. And 10, we do not own any pigs. Thank you so very much, Emily. The Gershans. I glanced out the window. The sun was hanging low over the trees orange rays filtering through the forest. Damn, if I'm not supposed to be out after dark because of the wolves or whatever, I'd better get cracking. I walked over to the goats first. They huddled close to me as I filled their food bins, staring at me with their weird slit pupils. I tried to get it done as quickly as possible. Goats, honestly, freaked me out a little bit. As I hurried away, one with black and white fur pushed its little face through the fence. Ma, it bleated, staring at me. 
The chickens were more skeptical of me, staring at me and letting out long porks as they bobbed their head. As soon as they realized I had food though, they came over and pecked the ground. They were pretty cute actually. I locked the gates and turned back towards the house. I froze. Across the field from me stood the field of sunflowers, bright golden petals and dark centers swaying slightly in the wind. But while all of them tilted away from me, facing the dying sun, one of them, near the edge of the field, was instead facing me. I stared at its pitch black center. Didn't the note say something about that? Go inside if one of the sunflowers is pointing a different way? I locked up the chicken gates. Then I strode across the grass towards the old farmhouse, still carrying the bag of chicken feed. I was halfway to the house when I turned around again. I wish I hadn't. The sunflower was still facing me, even though based on my path, it shouldn't have been. I picked up my pace towards the house. Oh, come on, what do you think's gonna happen? That sunflower's gonna chase after you and murder you? My brain knew it was stupid, but there was something instinctual, a gut feeling that forced my legs to pump harder. I didn't even bother dropping the feed off at the shed. I raced into the house and locked all the doors. Phew, safe. I took a final glance out at the sunflower. Then I went into the tiny kitchen and started some water boiling for pasta. By the time I was sitting down to eat, I was shaking my head. So stupid. Afraid of a sunflower. Something woke me up in the middle of the night. I sat up, my neck aching from the terrible pillow they'd left for me. I looked around my tiny bedroom, but nothing seemed amiss. Well, of course there were things amiss, like the peeling paint and the light bulb that flickered and the clogged toilet, but nothing different. I yawned and checked my phone. 3.12am. Sighing, I settled back into sleep. But before I drifted off, I heard it. A small, high-pitched noise coming from outside. I slowly forced myself out of bed and walked over to the window. Underneath me, the farm sprawled out into the darkness, but it was distorted in the old glass, shapes and colors bleeding into each other like running paints. I flipped the window lock and pushed it open, the wood squeaking loudly in my ears. I listened. Silence. But then... Help me. A voice. A child's voice. Coming from the direction of the cornfield. That's no freaking bobcats. My blood ran cold. I stared out into the darkness at the cornfield on the edge of the woods, hoping that it was just some lingering dream or something. But as I stood there, the cool summer breeze wafting into the room, I heard it again. Please help me. The voice wavered as if the child was crying. I squinted into the darkness, staring at the cornfield. I have to go out there. I remember the Gershon's rule, but there was no way this was an animal. Hey, I'm coming. Don't worry. I shouted out the window. Silence. And then a rustling sound. I squinted at the cornfield and I could see the stalks moving as something moved within them. Stay where you are. I shouted into the darkness. I'm coming to get you. The corn stalks continued to move and every muscle in my body froze. The amount of corn moving... There was no way it was just a small child in there. The corn was swaying, dancing, roiling in an area maybe 10 feet across. And it was making its way towards the edge of the fields. Rapidly. I shut the window. Then I closed the blinds, my heart hammering in my chest. I raced downstairs and checked the locks. And then, finally, when I made sure I was safe, 
I called the police, but they wouldn't even come out. There are no missing children in the area, and what you saw was most likely a bear, they explained calmly. I think they must know all about the Gershon's farm. So now, I lie here, in my bed, listening to the snaps and rustles of the cornstalks. There is a chair wedged under my doorknob. I've triple checked all the locks, and all I can do is wait for dawn. Well, there we go. That is it for part one of the story, but there are more parts to come. We're about to get into part two. Off the rip though, I've got to say, I have goosebumps. The police have said, you're fine, you're overreacting, but you know you're not, and you're on your own. Let's see what happens next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 6 a.m. came all too early. The alarm bled in my ears and I forced myself out of bed, groaning. The sun had just crested over the hill and the sky was lit with the pale gray of dawn. I could hear the rooster crowing already. I looked out the window, scanned the farm, but everything looked normal. All the sunflowers were facing halfway towards me in direction of the rising sun. The cornfield was still. The chickens were milling about the coop, pecking the ground. I went downstairs, grabbed the bag of feed I'd never put away, and went out to the coop. The chickens were probably the only part of the farm I liked. The fat little hens ran towards me as I poured the food onto the ground. Making happy noises, they pecked it up. I locked the gate and started over the hill towards the shed to get the goat feed. That's when I heard it. Oink. I stopped in my tracks. The Gershon's note said they didn't own any pigs. Oink. The note didn't say anything about avoiding the pigs though, so I was free to go fetch the goat feed. Right? I started walking again, up the hill. Oink. And that's when I realized there was something off about the sound. It almost sounded human like a person saying oink instead of an actual animal sound. For a second, I had a weird mental image of a naked man covered in his own filth, crouching on the ground, saying oink over and over. Oink. I shook my head and continued up the hill. And when I got to the top, I saw the source of the noise. A fat pink pig standing in the grass. I let out a breath of relief. See, it's just an ordinary pig. I passed the pig, ignoring it completely, and opened the shed. I put the chicken feed back, I pulled out the goat feed, and I started back up the hill. I stopped dead as my eyes fell on the pig. Its face, it almost looked human. Its fleshy pink snout was shorter than it should be. Its curled little ears sat low and flat on its head. And its eyes, they weren't round and beady, but almond-shaped like a person's, with dark pupils that stared up at me in a way that suggested intelligence. I backed away, keeping my eyes on it, slowly walked around it so that I was going back towards the house. When I got over the hill and that horrible little face was finally out of my sight, I whipped around and broke into a run. What the frick was that? I panted to myself as I locked the front door behind me. Not knowing what else to do, I pulled up my phone and called the police. But when they picked up, I wasn't sure what to say. 
I, uh, uh, I started. Found a pig that doesn't look like a pig on the farm, the Gershon's farm. Did you touch the pig? The officer cut in. I, uh, I, what? Did you have any contact with the pig? Any at all? No? Good. We'll send an officer out to deal with it. 15 minutes later, I saw a police car pull up the driveway. They asked me where I'd seen it, then told me to stay inside. I went over to the window and watched them walk up the hill, then disappear. A minute passed. Then a shrill squeal erupted in the silence. Five minutes later, the officers reappeared, carrying a large black plastic bag that swung with each step. Hey, hey, I called out as they headed for the cruiser. What was that thing? The officers glanced at each other. Rabies, the female officer said, while the male stuffed the bag into the back seats. A bunch of rabid pigs have been showing up in this area. Gonna send it off to get tested. Uh, good thing you didn't touch it. Before I could ask her more questions, she hopped into the driver's side and then they were gone. I stared out the window, utterly perplexed. Why didn't the Gershans tell me to stay away from the pigs? After the debacle with the pig, I decided to take it easy. I made a wholesome breakfast, read a few chapters of the thriller I was working through, and called my boyfriend. Around 11am though, I realised I'd forgotten to stock the farm stand. It was still technically morning, so I ran out into the field, filled my hod with zucchini and tomatoes, and ran down the driveway as fast as I could without spilling any of the produce. But as the little farm stand came into view, I saw that there was already someone waiting. I checked my watch. 11.49 a.m. I'm so sorry, I breathed as I spread the produce out on the wooden table. I was supposed to get this out earlier, but th- there was a pig and it just... Something made me stop rambling. I glanced up to see that the person standing there was a little... Odd. He was an old man, probably about six feet tall and very thin. He wore, surprisingly, a crisp black suit and an old-timey bowler hat in the sweltering heat. He was smiling at me but his teeth were deeply yellow and crooked and his eyes were sunken back in his skull. Nothing unnatural about him, just a slightly creepy looking old guy. But in a way, he reminded me of the creepy dudes from that one Buffy the Vampire episode where they take away everyone's voices. So, uh, what are you looking for today? I asked when he didn't move to take any of the produce. The Gershans aren't here. I shook my head. Nope, won't be back for two weeks. Hmm, he said thoughtfully. They didn't tell me they were leaving. Oh, you you know them? He let out a small chuckle. <laughs> you could say that. I waited for him to either take produce or leave, but he didn't do either. He just stood there, looking at me. The way his blue eyes cut into mine made a chill run down my spine. It wasn't a predatory or sexual stare. It felt more like he was examining me, studying me, trying to read every tilt of my head and blink of my eyes. It made me extremely uncomfortable. So, um, are you interested in any of this? The tomatoes look really good today, I said, trying not to sound nervous. Or if you're looking for something else, I can, I can go and pick it for you. Only the Gershans can provide what I'm looking for. Okay, well, uh, I'm going back up to the farm. If you change your mind, the prices are listed on the whiteboard and you just leave the money in the box. I shot him a fake smile, turned around, and headed up the hill as quickly as I could without seeming weird. But then he said something that made my blood run cold. Emily? I never told him my name. The smartest thing it would have been to run. But instead, I turned around. 
He wasn't chasing me. He was still standing at the farm stand, 10 yards from me. I wouldn't trust the Gershons if I were you, he called out. Then he turned on his heel and strode away. As I watched him go, I realized there wasn't any car parked at the bottom of the driveway. He just turned onto the old country road and walked away. I watched him until he rounded the bend and disappeared from sight. I retreated into the house, checked all the locks, and decided I would spend the rest of the day inside, at least until it was time to feed the animals and stock the farm stand again. And there we go. That is going to do it for this one. Wow, what a start to this adventure. I say start because although we've run out of time on this episode, there are still two more parts that have been posted. And that, of course, is the culmination of this story. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this one. If you do want to see part three and four, we've just covered part one and two there, drop a like on this and comment down below. If you don't want to see it, no worries, we can leave it there. But if you want to see what happens next in this story, then yeah, let me know down below. And then next Friday, if enough of you want to, we can revisit this post. Wow, not gonna lie. I hope you guys like this one. <laughs> that was brilliant. And I'd love to, to see what happens next. You know what? Let's set a little like target on YouTube. If this video gets 1000 likes, which is a lot, I'm not gonna lie, then you'll see part three and four next Friday. Up to you, get liking. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.